Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 58, recorded July 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, the space safe, decoding an old suitcase, first picks of the Zeiss Icon SK6, tool DEFCON lockpicking village accepting proposals, lockpicking lawyer controversy, loss of a beloved member of the YouTube Lock Sport community, two new black belt pickers, new speed locks records, Crazy Locksmith Story, Sales, and Giveaways. You can subscribe to the audio version of this show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have a podcast app, you can find one at newpodcastapps.com. You can also subscribe to the video version on YouTube. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some of the apps limit the length of show notes with links, but you can always find full show notes with clickable links at thelocksportscast.com. You can find video clips of some of the stories discussed on this episode in our YouTube Clips channel. The link to that will be in the show notes. Also, sorry if this episode is a bit rough around the edges. My recording computer's power supply died when I tried to boot it up today. So I had to switch up at the last minute for my backup laptop, and I don't have all my software set up properly on this, or, and I have to be to work in a couple hours, so I don't have time to get everything fully set up. So this one might be a bit rough. Start off with a quick correction. I have to apologize to Gravity Karma when I mentioned the first pick of the 10-lever NATO Mercy lock. I also mentioned that Tana had picked the lock without the cover in place. What I didn't notice that was Tahana had also disabled the bolt blocking mechanism, and he had said so in the video. That's a major difference in difficulty. I was in a hurry to prepare the episode, and I did a quick search. I found Tahana's video and then quickly reviewed it, skipping some sections. I'm not trying to make an excuse, just an explanation. Uh, Gravity Karma deserved better, and you, the audience, deserve better, and I'm sorry. I really take the accuracy and integrity of this show very seriously, and that means I want to keep providing very accurate information, so I want to encourage all of you to make sure to keep me accountable and let me know when I make errors like this. I really appreciate that being brought to my attention last week. Also, um, I will continue to put my corrections at the beginning of the episode like this, just to keep everything above board. In the news this week, SE Lock and Key put out a video entitled Did Electronic Inventory Online Scam a Bunch of Us Trying to Buy Discounted 5-Inch Nipex Pliers? Basically, they had a very, very discounted price. It was on the walmart.com website. You know, they allow third-party sellers. He ordered several pairs, several other people did, and they charged the credit cards did the the shipping labels so it got in the tracking system and then they never went any further. I'm going to read the pinned comment by Kim, uh, Jason's wife. It says, Hi guys, I just wanted to give everyone a brief update on this peculiar situation. I spoke with the USPS fraud department and this is indeed a misrepresentation to receive funds. That's mail fraud. We have to file a complaint and they will be investigating When speaking with USPS and explaining the details, she said this is not the first complaint received. So if you ordered and your credit card was charged, but you did not receive your item, file a complaint with USPS mail fraud. We need to shut this nonsense down. We all work hard for our money. This particular 
company has over 95 complaints with the Better Business Bureau for basically the same situation. Again, that company that they're speaking of is Electronic Inventory Online. So you might want to check who the vendor is before you order anything and make sure it's not them. And a Kickstarter was shared with me that's called the Space Safe, the first real smart safe. The person who shared it said, a new, quote, smart safe seems like a terrible idea to me. It has a backup key, but no details given or if the key use triggers an alarm to the app. So a quick overview of the Space Safe Kickstarter here. It has a very large touchscreen with biometric fingerprint reader with a key backup. It is powered by USB-C and an internal battery that will uh, take over in case of power loss. Can be bolted down, has an interior USB ports for charging devices stored inside, internal and external cameras, will receive periodic over-the-air updates if connected to Wi-Fi, also has an app for iPhone and Android with alerts, logging, and the ability to view the cameras. My impression of their focus here creating this device is summed up by this quote. We wanted to create a product that was beautiful, clean, and practically invisible. They appear to be more concerned with selling you on a good-looking product with a fancy app than giving you any details on the actual security of the product. All the security references are pretty vague, and the only prototype shown is a crude wood mock-up. All other visuals appear to be computer-generated. They do say that they will be using 256-bit AES encryption when people ask about the security. When I first looked at the site, I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw what was referenced as a radio mode to disguise it as a radio. That's not there now when I look, but it does say that, you know, when placed on a shelf, it looks like a tablet. So to keep thieves away, the plan is to make it look like expensive electronics that thieves might want. It also, in their fact, they go through a few things. First of all, it is not fire or waterproof at all. It's not fire rated at all. They say the safe will have temperature and humidity sensors to be proactive rather than reactive. Fireproof safes only keep your valuables protected for a short amount of time. And from what we have learned, most people never run into a burning building to get their safe. Yeah, duh. That would be stupid. Uh, Anyway, which means that by the time the fire ends, it is usually too late and the safe will have melted. Some safes last for 15 minutes, others for an hour. Therefore, by having sensors, you will be able to instantly know when the temperature hits your target, and you will even be able to notify the authorities before the fire spreads. First of all, fireproof safes are never designed to withstand a continued long-duration fire. They're supposed to be there just to protect your stuff until the fire department can hopefully get it contained and put out and protect the contents inside. Second of all, for alerting to fires, your fire alarms or your smoke alarms would be more efficient at notifying you of a fire. I would think if your first indication of a fire in your house is a significant temperature increase, you're probably too late. And since the safe isn't going to be at all fire or water resistant, in that case, your your valuables are going to be a total loss. So I don't buy their little explanation there. The unit does have a key backup if the electronic systems fail. When they mention that in the fact, they say, we plan on sending our safe to lockpicking lawyer. If he recommends we make changes to our lock, we will. But that's it. That's the only reference besides saying it has it. There's no pictures or description of the lock that they plan to use at all. Nothing. 
um, internal and external cameras. They don't store any recordings, only stream over Wi-Fi to comp- the company's servers and hence to the app. With the optional monthly subscription, recordings can be stored on their servers, but not locally. So you have to have a continuing subscription to be able to basically know who broke into your safe after the fact, or who attempted to break into your safe. When On the fact, when they address the how secure is the camera feed, they say, great question. Our software and back-end developers have worked with some very large companies, just to name a few, and they name drop BMW, IBM, Lindgas, Clarins, Omentel, and Vodafone. And they say, we trust it is very secure. They trust it's very secure. Meaning they haven't validated it in any way. Just because the developers worked for those companies doesn't mean anything. We don't know the types of projects they worked on there or why they left. Since most of these types of safes are used in bedrooms and, as they show, in the closet, I would be quite concerned about the security of the video feed and storage myself. And that's that's where I'll leave that one. I came across an interesting post on Instagram that was entitled How to Figure Out the Combination Lock on an Old Suitcase by Animal Head Vintage. The post said, Several people asked me how I guessed the combination lock on a locked vintage train case the other day, so I thought I'd share my best lock-picking trick. This doesn't always work, but it's surprising how often it does, and it's an easy place to start before you go down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos on how to pick vintage locks. There's a video in this post to help you see it in action, but the idea is that many vintage suitcases have been stored in the open or unlocked position for years. If you look at the sides of the dials, there may be one portion that looks more oxidized or dirty than the rest. When you identify all the dirty sides of the dials, there's a good chance that you figured out the combination. So I thought that was a very simple and ingenious solution to figuring out a combination on something that hasn't been opened in a while. In community news, Mr. Blackmagic and Yabenda have made the first public picks together as a cooperative project of the Zeiss Icon SK6 Victor Profile Ripe Extra. Um, <laughs> that's a long name. Anyway, the public first picks were done as a cooperative project. Another one of those, uh, like I mentioned a few episodes ago with another lock. I don't remember which one off the top of my head, but. I really like these cooperative first picks. No one person trying to grab all the glory. That's really a a good indication of community spirit. Also, there was a post that said, The tool Lockpick Village at DEF CON is accepting proposals for talks. If you have a topic in lockpicking, keys, or physical security at large, we want to stream it for this year's virtual village. So I'll have links to that in the show notes as well. The Twitter post that said that anyway. And Lockpicking Lawyer has created a lot of controversy with one of his recent videos. I saw a lot of chatter about this after it was brought to my attention. He made a video, number 1318, Picking My Own Car, Ford Explorer ST. The comment I received with the link was, Lockpicking Lawyer picked a lock in use with no disclaimers in order to sell more tools. I really think this video crosses a line and the picking community should be condemning it. The fact that he is making the tools widely available is also a concern. Sure, picks have been available forever, but Lishi is a step above in making it super simple to where regular criminals may well start bothering. No, it won't start the ignition, but theft from cars are going to start happening and it's going to give Locksport a bad name. Just takes an article or two about how they learned and got their tools from Lockpick Lawyer. 
and suddenly people are talking about banning the hobby. Finally, while other people have certainly made videos doing worse things, other people don't have the audience of 3 million people, and as such, he should be held to a higher standard about what is acceptable to make a video on. And the video has made a big splash in the media. I have at least six articles, news articles here that reference that video. I will put some of those in the show notes. I watched the video and I took some notes and uh, I have some thoughts. First, he shouldn't be picking a lock in use on camera without some sort of disclaimer. He's encouraging bad behavior to an audience that doesn't know any better. They're not lock sporters. They're not locksmiths, most of them. So really shouldn't be picking a lock in use, but definitely shouldn't be doing that without a disclaimer. I know he's a talented and experienced picker, and it's unlikely that he would damage his lock in the process. However, many of his viewers, like I said, are novices and probably don't even know there are risks. Just ask the guy who picked his neighbor's lock in the story I shared last week. Some people don't have common sense to think about what they're doing before they do it. At very least, a disclaimer would have been nice. However, I don't have a problem with him simply demonstrating the leashy itself uh, if the lock is not in use. That has already been done on many YouTube channels, and if we aren't prepared to criticize all of them, I don't think we have a right to criticize him on that point. And if you're saying he shouldn't be selling leashies, that's similar to saying that pick manufacturers shouldn't sell anyone picks except locksmiths. If it, if your argument is that it makes it so much easier, then what about the Silver Bullet and other high-end DD picks? They take a lot of the work out of picking some of those difficult locks. If you don't have to create your own tools, a big part of the burden is already taken care of. You know, there are several other companies selling leashes online. He's not the only one. Are we will, really willing to start asking for the sale of tools to be restricted? If we do start down that road, where do we draw the line and who gets to make that decision? Do we ban leashes, silver bullets, everything except simple picks? Or do we start requiring hobbyists to make all of their own tools, including simple picks? And... The other part of that is leashies are specialized to the Kiwi they are made for, and while not super expensive, they are more than the cost of cheap pick sets that most criminals seem to be arrested with, at least by all the lockpicking criminal stories that I read every week. A sophisticated criminal will be able to get any tool he needs to access the vehicles he's targeting, and would do so even if the lockpicking lawyer weren't selling them. Your typical drug addict type criminal won't spend the money to start with a set of leashes to break into all the different vehicles that they want to target, especially if a good rock will do the trick. So we're worried about the small percentage of people somewhere in between there. I'm not sure they really want to spend money for a bunch of different leashes either, but I could be wrong. Anyway, those are my thoughts on the lockpicking lawyers video, and I will leave it at that and let the rest of the community reach their own decisions. And on a sad note, I received an email from Pocket Woman this week that read, Is with deep sadness in my heart, I write to inform you of the passing of Suki, the lock lab manager of Chris Capoon. Suki was 17 years old and was a big part of Chris's channel and the lock sport community. Suki would always be beside Chris while he filmed and picked his locks, using her favorite SNG padlock as her pillow. For over one and a half thousand videos, Suki was there. She will be sadly missed. Pets are a big part of our family, and when they are included in our channel, they become loved and cared for as any other member of the Locksport community. And the announcement of Suki's passing was put out in Chris Capoon's video number 1556, Sad Announcement, if you want to watch it. I know 
a lot of us became very fond of Suki. She was a big part of the YouTube Locksport community and was loved by many of us. Um, there were some tribute videos put out. Uh, Evil Arch Conservative made a nice tribute video entitled Rainbow Bridge in Memory of Suki. Pocket Woman put out Memory of Suki, the Lock Lab Manager. And Starry Lock had a very short tribute at the beginning of his Shout Out Monday series on the 5th. That was episode 118, Joshua Gonzalez shout out. And I thought that I might play the audio from Evil Arch Conservative's Rainbow Bridge video here. And for those of you on YouTube, I will overlay some video of Pocket Woman's tribute video on that. There is a bridge connecting heaven and earth. It's called the Rainbow Bridge because of all its beautiful colors. Just this side of there is a land of meadows, hills, and valleys with lush green grass. When a beloved pet dies, the pet goes to this place. There's always food and water and warm spring weather. The old and frail animals are young again. Those who are sick, hurt, or in pain are made whole again. There is only one thing missing. They are not with their special person who loved them so much on earth. So each day they run and play until the day comes when one suddenly stops playing and looks up. The nose twitches. The ears are up. You have been seen and when you and your special friend meet, you take him in your arms and hug him. He licks and kisses your face again and again. And you look once more into the eyes of your best friend and trusting pet. Then you cross the rainbow bridge together, never again to be apart. So farewell, Suki. You will be missed. And uh, my condolences to Chris Capoon. I know that's hard. Also, I wanted to say don't forget to keep watching Starlock and Pocket Woman's Shout Out Monday videos. I haven't been mentioning them every week since they stopped the giveaway associated with them, but they're, they are still doing the videos, so please be sure to keep supporting them and checking out the channels that they share. In other news, the Tool UK blog has posted the second installment of Rick's Picking Journey from Injury to YouTube, so you can go over and check that out now. And the Tool Black Bag blog has a new article called About Impressioning Handles DIY. I'll just read the first paragraph as a teaser here. In the summer of 2020, Jan Willem decided to photograph his impressioning handles. Not only are pictures easier to share than the handles themselves, most of them are not worth keeping as they don't work well as advertised. This will hopefully be a short series of blogs on impressioning handles. This is the first one about DIY handles and handle experiments by John William. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Hopefully this post will inspire you to pick up impressioning or motivate you to build your own impressioning handles. Really, you can do a lot better than most of the handles in this post. Of course, there will be links to all these stories in the show notes. And there was a post on Twitter. It's the original post by Mark Penns said, any of my locksmith friends ever see a tailpiece like this found on Schlag ND70 SE Lock and Key retweeted this saying something I've never seen. Lockforce, any ideas? So for any of you who are locksmiths or have a good knowledge of lock tail pieces, if you haven't already seen this post, please check it out in the show notes and see if you can 
help provide an answer to this riddle. And Albert LaBelle put out a new video on the Lishi Cutter entitled How to Duplicate a Paracentric Key with the Lishi Cutter. The description reads, the original Lisi Cutter is a great tool when used right with a little bit of practice. I highly recommend this tool. While it's no match for an actual key machine, it does a fantastic job, as I show here, and very compact. If you can't copy a key with it, don't blame the tool. It takes practice. So a lot of good tips that he's got in there, so I will have a link to that video in the show notes as well. I also noticed a video called How to Make an Abloy Classic Cutaway by Froggy Picker. That one is basically a demonstration of Froggy Picker making a abloy cutaway. And the description reads, first step to learn how to pick abloy locks, create a cutaway from a cam lock. Next stop, build a pick and try to pick it. Anyway, I thought it was interesting um, because creating a cutaway is a challenge and creating a cutaway on something different like a DD lock. Um, take some extra interesting steps. And a YouTuber called Lockpicking Legend put out a video entitled Spool Pin Counter Rotation Fully Exposed. It says, Spool pins are a type of security pin. In this video, you'll learn how they work, how to identify them, and how to pick them. And he's got a very interesting end on cutaway of an actual lock to demonstrate uh, picking a spool pin, counter rotation, all that stuff on a single pin stack in a end-on cutaway rather than a side cutaway. So you can really see how the pin cocks in the, the Bible and all that. So interesting view on how that works. In Lockpickers United belts this week, BBTelPicks66 on Reddit earned their blue belt. Congratulations, BBTel. It's also BBTelPicks on Instagram. Uh, very, very nice gentleman, a big supporter of the show, so congratulations. No purples that I saw, but brown, we have Lock Affinity and Keyless Entry, and if I'm not mistaken, Keyless Entry just earned purple, like, last week, I think. So, very, very quick moving up there. Way to go, Keyless. Red, we have Who Needs a Key, just earned red belt this week. And then we have two black belt announcements. The first one reads, Over on Reddit, Saspez has recently achieved black belt. Please join me in congratulating him in this crowning achievement. Those who haven't seen his YouTube channel, most likely living under a rock, should definitely go and check it out as he demonstrates many methods for getting into a large variety of locks, including the Asa Twin Combi, the Asa Twin 6000. He has demonstrated the creation of a wide variety of cutaway locks and tackled a special challenge by Correct Genes. Three cheers for Saspez. The second one reads, I'd like to announce our latest member to attain their black belt, Soyotos. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, I'm sure. Anyway, they have demonstrated their ability to manipulate a Group 2 safe and have picked the EVA 3KS Asa Twin 2 with barrels, Gold V18, and the Miwa U9. Let us show Soyotos our traditional love and shower them with merciless pings. Congratulations to both of you. An amazing accomplishment and to all of you that learned new belts this week that I may not have been able to announce. For anyone not familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, there are links in the show notes to the official page as well as some videos that explain the system, so be sure to check those out. It is a fun program. Over on speedlocks.org, at the very right after I recorded the last episode, they announced some new records. We have 
New records for the Masterlock 130 by Pandafrog in 1.068 seconds, Pollux 7 by Moon in 24.233 seconds, and then we have first records set by, for the Bylock 12 pin by Den Brass in 1 minute 3.233 seconds, the Avis 713-15 by Pandafrog in 1.167 seconds, the Avis 54TI-15 by Pandafrog in 3.403, Abus 64TI-30 by Pandafrog in 8.709, Masterlock 120 by Pandafrog in 3.571, and Multilock Interactive with spool driver pins by HV Logic in 35.433 seconds. So very well done for all of you. Now it's time to take a quick break and say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. I want to start by thanking two new Patreon subscribers. We have Patty Cakes from Reddit, who came in at the $25 Associate Executive Producer level. And we have one that I'm just going to name as Anonymous for right now, because uh, I didn't confirm what name they want to be credited under yet, and I know not everybody wants to use their real name. So, uh, for you, both of you, thank you very much. And for uh, Anonymous... Uh, can you please reply to my message on Patreon and let me know what name you want me to credit? I will adjust the written credits in the show notes once I get that, and I will continue to credit you properly in the rest of the episodes. So, the Patreon subscribers that supported this episode are Bill N., Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave B. Seiford, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, Patty Cakes, Mog, John Locke, and The New Anonymous. Chief content producer for this episode is HV Logic this week. And other content producers are Cherell, Evil Arch Conservative, Fezji, Gravity Karma, Joshua Gonzalez, Kraken, Lockjockey, Mr. Black Magic, Panda Frog, Pocket Woman, Rune, Starry Lock, Tony Verley, and Zimzima. Remember, the show is only possible because of the information and support provided by you, the community members. So, Please help support it by sending in any news, links, giveaway information, meetups, anything you have that's Locksport related. You send it to me, I will put it out in the podcast so the rest of the community will know about it. Everybody has their own little groups that they hang out in, whether it be Facebook, Reddit, or the Discords, or in-person groups. Um, so everybody has their own little sources of information that not everybody has access to. So please help the rest of the community learn about it by sharing it here. You can send all that to either podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the contact methods that are listed in the show notes or description for this episode, also at the locksportscast.com slash support. You can share the podcast with your lockpicking friends, either online or in person. That always helps. The more people that listen, the more people that can send in information. You can leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, especially Apple Podcasts. You can leave a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube. That helps that algorithm to help people find the podcast. You can subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel or the audio podcast. And you, if you want, you can donate to PayPal or Patreon. And if you do go Patreon route, you do get a private RSS feed that gets you the audio version a little bit early, usually about a day or a week for the interview episodes. I really appreciate all the support. And if you do help the show with a donation or information, you will get a credit in the show, just like the people you just heard about a little bit ago. As for the state of the podcast, just a reminder, please vote for the Lock Sportscast in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. It's in the Games and Hobbies category. That's the most important one. 
It's also listed in, like all of them, in the Adam Curry People's Choice Award category. I don't expect to win with my small audience, but I am trying to learn how the system works so I can improve the systems that I used in the Locky Awards, Locksport Awards. So um, I would also appreciate any feedback you have on how their system works. I'm starting to learn how it works, and uh, it's an interesting system. I don't think I'll adopt all of their ways of doing it, but I might pick up a few tips. Also, I've decided that I'm going to be giving away my custom padlocks, my custom pack locks to people who have supported the podcast with more than $100 in total donations. Um, One person has already crossed that level and I sent them a lock about a week ago and I will be trying to keep track. But if you sent money through a combination of ways like Patreon and PayPal, um, you might want to keep track yourself too. And remind me if I don't notice right away that you have met the requirement. Again, sorry if the quality of the show might have slipped a little bit here. I've been working extra. I worked 70 hours this week. I'm also having to rebuild the floor in my bathroom because we had a water leak. And then I come in here to record and the computer wouldn't power up. Power supply has burned out. So I had to do a quick switch over. So I appreciate you sticking with me. if you want to send in feedback, you can go to locksportscast.com slash contact or any of the methods that you see in the show notes below, and you can leave me feedback. And you're welcome to leave audio or video feedback as well if you want it shared on the podcast. Moving on to locksmith stories. There was, this is not going to be from the usual source. This one is a little different. Kind of a warning. The title of the article was Senior Scams Becoming More Invasive, Relying on Fear and Greed. The story is that this person, Ruth Dunn, who works nights, was sleeping when she got a knock on the door, and it was a locksmith. There was one of those scam artists that had been calling her, telling her that she'd won $1.5 million and needed to send $5,000 for taxes and fees in order to claim her winnings, and although she had no intentions of sending this person any money... Once she answered his first message, she couldn't get rid of him. The locksmith was told to go to her house because an elderly lady was locked out of her home. The scammer thought this was a clever method of forcing her to get in touch with him since she had stopped answering his repeated calls. The article says that having the scammer or someone contacted by the scammer personally confront the elderly is simply the newest tactic being used to steal money from seniors. So just a a heads up to everybody, whether you uh, be on the receiving end of some of these calls or whether you are a locksmith, because they might call you and you might get into a situation that you didn't anticipate because a scammer is trying to use you as a tool. It's a sad state of the world. In sales this week. The 25% off everything at southord.com is still working through the 25th of July. That is code FREEDOM21. Again, 25% off all products at southord.com. 3DLockSport.com. Tony Varelli has 10% off with the code LSCAST10. That's L-S-C-A-S-T-1-0. You can use that for 10% off at 3DLockSport.com. Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. Unknown expiration, but it seems to always work. UKLockPickers.co.uk, 
10% off with the code GIFT. Again, no expiration. So just give it a shot. Seems to be working when I try it. For giveaways, we got a few new ones. We got Lock Jockey, Lockbox View Restricted Picking. This is entries for Lockpickers United and the Reddit Lockpicking members. Video entry of picking one to two locks of your choosing through cutout holes in a box, view restricted. Show the camera that you toss two locks in a box, throw in three picks, three tension tools, shake it up, feel for proper picking tools, and pick away through the cutout holes. Open the box to show your picked lock. Use the hashtag LockJockey-July21. One winner will win a Peterson pick stand and one tray. The winner will be announced on July 23rd. So if you are a member of Lockpickers United Discord or the Reddit, be sure to check that out. And Zimzima is having a giveaway for the Deadlocks Passaround box. That will be running until the 14th of July. To participate, you need to add a comment to the video of theirs called Deadlocks Passaround Box Goes to France. Use the hashtag, hashtag Passaround. And the winner will get the pass around box, but just remember you will have to pass it on from there. There are, is shipping involved, so remember that before you enter. And Fezji is having a giveaway, the hashtag mini me giveaway, all having to do with the expected new baby. So the expected date is the 23rd of July, and the you can have two video entries. You get an inch. You get an additional entry for each correct guess on the day of birth, the weight, and the length. So be sure to check out FezG's video giveaway celebration, hashtag mini-me giveaway. Link in the show notes for the full rules. Lock Kraken has the hashtag Kraken July 21 giveaway. Basically, tell him how you discovered Locksport and use the hashtag Kraken July 21 giveaway. Rune does a giveaway for challenge locks that he picks. Most Saturdays, he gives away the one he picked the previous week, so be sure to check that out. Pandafrog has the July video up for his giveaway, where he gives away his challenge coins and some locks. So the current giveaway hashtag is Pandafrog21July. You can check out his video, ENG-207, to check those. CLK Supplies has their hashtag LockBoss giveaway every week. If you're into giveaways, you really should check it out. They have some great prizes. And I have my monthly giveaway for either my custom Packlock 100A or a $20 gift code for hooligankeys.com. That's up to you what prize you want. Details for the giveaway are at giveaway.thelocksportscast.com. Be sure to check those out. Remember, this podcast needs your support. So please remember to send me any information you have that's Locksport related. Even if you don't think it's important, it might just be the bit of information I need. If not, no harm done. Thank you for all your continued support. And again, please vote for the Locksportscast in the podcast awards at podcastawards.com. I would really, really appreciate the help. Thank you and keep it legal.